0: On this episode of Quantum Week, July 3rd through 9th, 1988. Quantum Week. Quantum Week. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year. We talk about movies and music, headlines, stories. Uh, We are in July 1988 with Coming to America and New Sensation by nxs that's
1: right um do we have anything we need to talk about off the uh off the bat right here do we want to say what next week is or we want to say it out at the end of the show oh
0: because you because
1: um, i don't know this yet right yeah just, just tell me all right so we're going somewhere we've never gone before where 1980 wow that's early is that the uh, by far the earliest you've ever gone
0: besides like the special episode so 78 okay so right. so 80. we're going to june of
1: 1980 okay so Right, so here is what we're doing. We're gonna, for the Patreon show, it's going to be uh, the Booze Brothers. Because that was the week that they- Another came. Landis. Yes. Wow. I know, back to back, or, Well, kind of back to back. Yeah, right. yeah. Oh, yeah. in a way, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and the, uh, I made an executive decision here a little bit. <laughs> I think you'll agree with me, but we'll see. So the number one movie we're not going to do that week. See, here's the issue. So 1980 and 81, it's really kind of hard to get data. Yeah. So um, the number one movie that week was Empire Strikes Back. I'm holding back on that because it was number one for like the whole summer. So if we hit another week in 1980, we're gonna get there. Like if you hit any other week in the yeah. summer of '80, you're gonna hit, you'll hit, and it would be nice to have that in our back pocket. Sure. But a movie that was in the top ten that isn't in every top ten is The Shining. Okay, yeah, we got to do that. All right, yeah. So The Shining is going to be our show next week. Which Wait, is,
0: that's going to be the Patreon show? No.
1: Okay, show good. No, Brothers. no, that has to be right. Yes, I see, I see. So the Bruce Brothers will be the Patreon show. Yeah, fine. Uh, it was not number one that week. It was number two that week. Because Empire Strikes Back swallowed up the entire summer. Of course. So if we hit any other week in the summer, uh, we'll hit. But I mean, th- The Shining wasn't a huge hit, so it, it was either do Blues Brothers or do The Shining. I didn't want to really pick. And then you know the chance that you know we hit August or July. Now I have like movies we've never heard of. Like right. It is. It is slim pickings. And also the other element of it too is we ran. I call, we call this the cocoon issue which is there are a lot of movies sometimes you'll hit that, um, not a lot, but it happens more if you hit 1980 or earlier, you know, that, that time, it's not available. Yeah. Because those movies- movie is, so strange. Well, well we should it's have not if you think about it. Because if those movies came out before VHS was a thing, a lot of, not Cocoon, but a lot of these other movies were. Sure. And they never signed the kind of, like it wasn't, there wasn't a-, a, a, a Yeah, there uh, wasn't a legal precedent for it. Right. Yeah, I see. So now it's like, how do we, like, so there was probably never a DVD printed in the 90s or early 2000s. So then, it's like it's even harder than to make the next leap to streaming. So like, there's all these. And that's what happened with Cocoon. They did have a DVD, but there was never there was some sort of language that wasn't in the contract regarding anything at all. Obviously, streaming didn't exist. But like, there was not even a, a close, uh, yeah. like yeah, yeah. facsimile of, of it or whatever yeah. or approximate uh, to it. So it, because of that Cocoon is like this weird purgatory. So, but the good news is, Booz Brothers is available. And The Shining, obviously, is available. Of course, So, yeah, um, so, yeah so next week it's The Shining, which I'm... Uh, That'll be it's fun. It's our first Kubrick. We're only going to run into three of them. Right, eyes wide shut. What's the... Uh, like, full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket, right. So, uh, only three Kubrick movies happen in our lifetime, so... Um, that's so crazy. And uh, so, yeah, so The Shining will be... Uh, so, that's first be a one. huge, huge episode yeah. next week. Yeah, I think so. Uh, our Patreon show next uh, on tomorrow, if you're hear, you know, hearing this on Saturday, is another big one, Who's playing Roger Rabbit? Yep. And then we have a song from Cheap Trick. So... Um, lots of good stuff on the Patreon, lots of good free shows coming up. So I'm pretty excited. We got We got coming to America today. You want to get to do it? Yeah, let's do that. All right. Uh, what do you think about coming to America? I like this movie <laughs> Me too. It, it's, it is a, I liked it more than I remembered. Me too. I'm going to give it a solid B and it's closer to a B plus and a B minus. Uh, okay. Then we're right on. We're exactly,
0: I was debating B or B plus. Me too. Um, I was wondering because the critics really beat this up. Yeah. And I think. I wonder if it's just because they knew Eddie Murphy a lot more. I mean, he, Eddie Murphy was, was there for us, but he sort of peaked when we were very young and it's so fun to go back and see him again when he is young and awesome, like so charismatic, super funny. He jumps off the screen. He is, he's like such a force of nature then uh, that it's like, it's shock. It's, it's like shocking. It, it, the script camp can be not perfect. The direction can be mediocre, but because he's in
1: there and he's at his peak, it's really good. Critics just didn't get it, um, which can happen especially with comedies. Yeah, um, it was made for a younger audience at the time. Now, obviously, that younger audience is older, so it's almost like it's for an older audience now. And you know, as time has gone on, but at the sure. time, it was for a younger audience. Um, it was rated R, I don't mean though. children, right? i you, you, you just, just mean, mean, like I mean young, a younger adult. I see. It wasn't yeah. made for a 45 year old guy back then. Right. Where it's almost made for a 45 year old guy now <laughs> in a weird way. But like, I don't know. This movie is in a lot of ways, pretty timeless. Part of it is the Queens element because Queens hasn't really changed a ton. Yeah. In you know, like that's kind of one of the things about uh, New York city is like a lot of the, the, the b- bones are still there. The buildings are still there. And they, they and obviously the McDonald's jokes even still land. Of course. Um, So a lot of this movie actually is pretty timeless. It was really, really well crafted in that way. Yeah. And
0: then I, the stuff in Africa, it was Zamuda or whatever. We, you know, it's just a. We would have no frame of reference, anyway. So right, that could and look it's modern.
1: almost like a like a like a, a like a fake country. I mean, no, you no, but like you know like what, a fairy tale almost. But it, yeah. that's what I'm yeah. moving for, right. Right. right? It has a yeah. like, mystical quality it really to does. it. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's and I think they did a nice job with that. Now the inside's good. The outside's you know painting, and that looks a little strange. I kind of like it. <laughs> it, but it does. It gives it that that make believe. It does, and I, I kind of like that element yeah. of it. Um, now, one thing that with this movie. Um, so I was comparing this. I have this movie kind of in my mind, watching it. I was comparing it to two movies. One is Midnight Run. Have you seen Midnight Run? So long ago. So it's kind so, of so long It's ago. kind of in my brain because Charles Grodin just died. Yeah. Um. So uh, Charles Grodin, Robert De Niro. It's a. It made me. He was eighty six. So a couple of years before this, and it's a buddy cop movie. That's. Yes. One a cop, one a fugitive, or one like a bounty hunter. I'm sorry, order? not a buddy cop. Yes, one's one's like an accountant. Accountant. One's a, a bounty hunter. Yeah. Um. Sorry, I could buddy. I'm using that as a kind of yeah, a friend yeah, reference. That, right. it's, a, it's a road trip buddy movie. We know the two. I remember them on a train or something at one point. Yeah, but that's, they're on all sorts of stuff. Yeah. But uh, yes. Uh, But yes. But it, it's it's um. I don't love it. So I if you. You know, I saw it when I was a kid a long time ago. I was probably too young for it. And then I watched it a couple of years ago and it was just so slow. It was very mm. plodding. And I think if anyone like finds that movie now, I was talking with someone who they just watched it for the first time this week and they had never seen it and they couldn't even get through it. It's just, it's just very slow. slow. And it like, you know, comedies, especially back then, um, you know, movies... Were different like you know you think about like pulp fiction and goodfellas how they changed cinema they changed like it wasn't just like dramas they changed like cinema period like just how fast the edits became and like movies just move so much faster now so to watch these older movies even like et to watch them like why are they lingering on some of these things for so long we're just not used to it as a 2021 audience goer not at all
0: no and that that does happen here it does uh, a not, maybe not as, right maybe not as much as uh not as I much
1: as say the new york stuff actually moves pretty quick yeah but some like i know when you're introduced to his uh, potential bride yes. there's a stand sequence and it goes on for like three or four times as long as it should it's it, pretty and, long
0: and i actually like it because it's
1: really good but it's very long it's long it's kind of needless and oh yeah there's no reason for
0: it besides just doing something big
1: and i also just think that but uh, but like back then it wasn't odd to have a sequence last that long. It just wasn't. Yeah. And like, but to watch it now, it's, it's just, all right, let's go, let's move on. You know, well,
0: comedies would often have musical numbers, uh, you know, maybe even parody, um, musical yeah. numbers at the time too. So I, you know, but
1: I, I don't, I don't think that's so much like, it, I mean, movie could have a comedy could have a, a song and, number i mean the end of 40 year old virgin has stuff you know like th- there's stuff now that you, you yeah, see it I the suppose. point is the pacing and the editing yeah. it just it was just like you you linger on one shot for a much longer time than we're used to well, now We even
0: saw it in batman you they would linger on the joker like a couple yeah That's different though We
1: that had to do with mood so that that's different mm-hmm. this like that had to do with like like also like being with the joker they yeah. wanted to show you his insanity would linger beyond a, a normal amount this is actually I think batman actually in my opinion is somewhat timeless and i think something has to do with superhero stuff too with this, that dance sequence, it would linger on one shot mm. for a very for a much longer time than we're used to as, a, as an audience goer. So you could also compare this movie to um, Zoolander, right? Which, yeah. Which we did on the show. Neither of us liked it. Right. And the reason this movie is so much better than Zoolander is, and it's better than Midnight Run. So the reason it's better than Midnight Run is it's much quicker paced. So we do, we bring up that dance number, but there's less of that that's not the norm. Right. Especially the stuff in Queens moves quite briskly. It does. The reason this is better than Zoolander is because you don't care about Derek Zoolander. Not at all. Like, and he's, I mean, he, I know uh, Akeem in uh, Coming to America is not stupid, but he's very naive, you know? Yes. And he's kind of learning stuff. But he, Eddie Murphy's so charismatic and he also, you do care about him. You, he's super sincere. He's
0: like, very he, sincere. He can be really funny and stuff, but, but when, he, when he smiles, you believe him. He's,
1: you really believe he's that happy all yes, the time. You like do. Murphy sells it, the script sells it, it's really well done. Yeah. And also, like, the stakes in this, in coming to America are very real. Like, oh, he, part of this movie, they just go to a St. John's basketball game. Yeah. You know, another part of it is like him mopping the floor at McDonald's, like right. the state, but like, because, you know, with Zoolander, it's like saving the world. or Yeah. Like, yeah it's way too
0: big. This one's beating the dad for the first time. This and, one's and it's su- working. It's right. Super relatable. Absolutely. Is. And Good it's point.
1: all done with now. Yes. Was it Zumonda, the country or whatever? Uh, Zamuda or Zemuda, something. Bob Zamuda from yeah, exactly. uh, Andy. Zamunda. Zamunda. Yeah. Like obviously it's kind of a, a ridiculous, but it's almost played as such. But then, when he goes to Queens, then it's like that fun. Like we get a one eighty, right? You know? It's real, and um, because of that one eighty, you also get a real degree of, of rea- I get a, a degree of realism. They're trying to show the difference between the two places, yes, and it's super grounded. Well, and look at how drab it is compared to the, the kingdom. I mean, well, right. they're
0: they're making a huge uh, dichotomy between the two places. And like with
1: Zoolander, it's all about this like these bad guys, and you have good guys, and you're saving the world. There's really not a bad guy in um coming to America. You have Eric LaSalle's character. But he's just kind of I mean he's a dick, but he's not he's not, not a bad. He's not, that guy. Bad, he's not no. evil. And no. he also never gets his like like come like you know what I mean? Like, no, he doesn't. He gets wet he gets right which is totally fine right like that's what like he's not a bad person you don't you know he's no, not, no. he's kind of an asshole yeah. but like that's you don't fine. wish
0: anything yeah he's not he's not robbing anybody he's not hurting anybody people he's might
1: not- have motivations you don't know, agree with like james earl jones is all by tradition yes but like you understand why they do a really good job this movie of explaining why he feels that way it's not because he's a bad person he just believes in a certain way sure it's worked for him right he wants his son to be happy it makes total sense. It does. You know, and, uh, um, you know, John Amos, who is so good. Oh at my this. God, he's so good. Oh my God. I love John Amos. He is amazing. He is great. He, I mean, he's great. He's great in good times. I he's feel like good dancing. Gems. <laughs>
0: What's that? I feel like breakdancing. dancing.
1: He's he the king. I was like, oh, that's so good. He's so good in this, and like he does stuff you might not agree. with, But he's not really a bad boss. He is not. He's he gives these kids a, a chance. Kids, yeah. He made Akeem employee of the month when he deserved it. He, said he did a good job. He did a good job. Yes, like, he's a fair and decent
0: boss. Very fair. He lost his wife, and he you know he worked hard. He had nothing. He's you you hear his story. He was uh he was one of nine people in a in a small you know shack when he grew up, and he, and he's he trying made himself trying. He's something. trying.
1: He doesn't know what a prince. Obviously, he's no, trying he to inspire him. Be like, see if you work hard, you can you can get. Yeah own yes. house and because you know and obviously he's kind of played for laughs because we know Akeem is rich but Akeem to his defense too never mocks him he's like he oh, never that, does yeah it, he's, he's that, that, would, like that would be something you know or he's least, you always know,
0: polite he, he's he, always polite just when he, even when he had to go and he, um, you know when when he's in uh, when he's when he's in their house he's like just, can you just tell your dad bye for me like he's super polite about it even he's when never
1: he, even so Samuel L. Jackson busts into oh my McDonald's, which is, uh, McDowell's, me, McDowell's which is McDowell's excuse me which is so good by the way another reason who he works Samuel L. Jackson obviously is great casting yes of course He's one, you know, one of the better actors in the last 30 yeah, years, right. but he comes in, he's not playing for laughs. There's no, James James. Uh, no, Jackson is nothing funny. Yeah. He's actually kind of scary. Yep, yeah. And it's very drool from Pulp Fiction. It really is. He busts in and it's like, oh shit, like things are real. And that's a confidence in the script. If the director felt this movie wasn't funny, he would have the Samuel Jackson character do something wacky. Oh. But because yeah. they like, oh no, this is working. We believe in this. Uh, it doesn't play in fact there's only one real joke in that scene and it's very funny he uh eddie murphy says excuse me very polite to uh the to Samuel jackson yeah No, uh, no, no he says it to the um that a girl that he wants to oh, um I'm oh sorry, yeah like yeah. her name the name the, the lead girl yeah the, uh the daughter of mcdowell's that he right. ends up marrying um he says excuse me to her as he un uh untwist the pot the mop handle lisa lisa He's like, excuse me. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> As he gets up and yes. beats the shit. <laughs> his, his, his but like, but it's but we but we buy that he's being polite. Like it didn't seem like a reach. No. It's like, no, he Akeem's always nice. Of course he's gonna say excuse me when he gets up off you know from the table. At least he even said you're above pettiness, and that's exactly how he played it. It is. Yeah. It like so everything I feel is like the characters are all set up believably. Yeah. And they all have their own motivations, but like there doesn't need to be this giant bad guy in a comedy. No. people can just do what they think is right and then Sometimes, you know, maybe it'll work out in the end. Obviously, you know, at the end, he's going to marry Lisa. You know, you know. So some of these beats you kind of see, obviously, a mile away. But that doesn't matter. It, 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 it kind of doesn't. It's, it's the journey. And, like, him in Queens is so great. It's it really so is. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, he picks up some bad habits in this movie because he starts playing a number of different characters. He which does. work
0: here. They do work He's annoying but in, and nutty professor exactly. and all those, whatever yeah.
1: those no, of movies. It's good here. The
0: barbershop scenes are maybe there's one too many. I think there might be two or three in there. I kind of like three in there. They're maybe funny. two would have been better, but, uh, but they're still funny. I like him a lot. Well, between him and Arsenio Hall doing the different characters, they're, they're funny. They're really good. Yeah. Like Arsenio really good. And Arsenio is really good in the entire movie too. In the bar scene too, where they're each, play, they're playing, Arsenio's playing some different characters. Yeah. as well. I, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <it's, laughs>
1: Quite fun. I mean, you can kind of, you can understand why he got it like a uh, late night talk show from this. Oh, he's super charismatic. I I mean, you compare him to Eddie Murphy and it's, it's not the same, but he's 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 still really good. Oh yeah. And that's, but that's why I think Arsene Hall worked as a late night, uh, having his own uh, talk show is because he didn't need to be the star. He could, he was good enough to like make sure that he was still providing some value, but he knew to back away and let the spotlight hit the star. That makes sense. Which is ideally what you're getting from a late night talk show. you have on a big guest. You have Tom Cruise or whatever on, Bill Clinton on, or right. famously or Arsenio. That's right, yeah. You want to have the spotlight be, a good host will have the spotlight be on the guest. Yeah. And Arsenio does it naturally here. He's, I think he's really good. He's here. really good. Um, and he got Eddie Murphy shine. Yeah, and I mean, so that's the thing is this cast really made it work. The, cast, the casting in this movie is fantastic. Now there was some controversy with the casting. They um this came out about a few months ago. I think when the sequel came out
0: to America,
1: was number two or something. Um this this got leaked out that um so I guess the studio forced Eddie Murphy to hire a white actor in this movie somewhere. So like, all right, I guess we can have this so Ruby Anderson is the white actor.
0: They forced him. They forced that seems weird. Just because they didn't think American audiences would buy it because it was an all
1: black cast? Yeah, and then people would come out, yeah. And this, and Louis, Louis Anderson yeah. is gonna make it work? <laughs> not that, but they're like, all right, if we have someone who's white in this, it's not gonna, I mean, this is what the thinking was, like scare, oh scare away white audience scores. Meanwhile, Eddie Murphy is coming off of Trading Places, 48 oh, Hours, oh, oh, yeah. Beverly Hills Cop 1. Yeah, he, like, SNL, he, yeah, he's a, he's a huge he, star. He's a huge draw. Right. Like, he's made three monster movies, like monster hit movies. Yeah. Like, you know, like, Louis oh. Anderson, right. I hate that shit. Well, you know, yes, as we should. Uh, but like, you know, that was, that was the thought process. And so I guess they gave Eddie Murphy uh, three actors and I think our might've been there too. And I guess they knew Louie from doing stand up, and like, Oh, we like him. Yeah. Louis. a, so they had him come out and they were really happy with the job he did. He did a good job. Uh, I think he did a great job. Yeah. Um, but they were like, yeah, we, we got kind of, our hand was kind of forced. So that was not the intention, which is interesting. It's interesting to look at a little, how Hollywood worked in 1988 it was a little different than how, how it works now. I guess so. Yeah. Um,
0: I didn't know this was based on an Eddie Murphy's story. That they wrote it off of.
1: Yeah. So that will happen. You'll have a big star come in and pitch something to a studio and then studios, uh, well, <laughs> they'll just write a, write a script around kind it? of, but Eddie Murphy was so enormously like it's, if you're younger, you, it's, it's hard for me to even quantify how, what a big star Eddie Murphy yeah, was. It was huge. Um, he's a bigger movie star than, than anybody is now. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess the comparison would be if you're older younger, like Jim Carrey in the nineties.
0: Right. It, for is, that, that's that, like, it's right. Five, just like, five well, just like Eddie Murphy right. too. It's just yeah. like,
1: you know, 80. If you count SNL, 81 to 88. Yeah, he was making just like monster hit, monster hit, monster hit. What was the next one after this? Was was it was this kind of his last? Did he had a uh, He did that. the would Boomerang, which yeah. actually did make money. Like he, this was the last like good one he did. He did uh, Harlem Nights, which made money. But oh, not, that's right. That's not like a great movie. Yeah. He did another 48 Hours. Yeah. Um. He did the Distinguished Gentleman, which I don't remember. Made that a one. little bit of money. Yeah. He did Beverly Hills Cop Three again with Landis, made sure. a little bit of money. Yeah. Um. So he. But Eddie Murphy was such a monster star. So basically what happens is he pitches this to the studio. And the studio's like, we want to do that. And Eddie Murphy's like, well, all right, well, I want to use my writers. Like, I want to kind of run this show here. And I want to direct it. Okay. So studio's like, no problem. You can do that. So he got the, uh, the two directors here. are Sheffield and, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the other guy's name. I'm looking it up right now. It is, um, I'm going to get it right. It's David Sheffield and Barry Blostein. And they actually worked with Eddie quite a bit. So they worked with Eddie on SNL. Oh, they did. In the in the early 80s. Okay. And this does, if you look at it from a certain prism, have you, did you watch a lot of SNL with Eddie Murphy when he was, when on? I was a kid?
0: I mean, so long
1: ago. I'm Saints. sure
0: you've seen the Mr. Robinson's neighborhood. Yeah, Mr. Robinson, the which Gumby, is like, all this stuff.
1: Yeah. yeah, the premise of Mr. Robinson's neighborhood was like Mr. Rogers, but yeah. he, was, he was in like a right. really bad neighborhood. Yep. So it's kind of some of those same beats yeah. where a guy's trying to stay happy. But he's in kind of a horrible situation. Yes. And has some of the same beats here uh, with Coming to America. So I don't know if Boston and Sheffield worked on those sketches in particular, but I know they worked with Eddie a lot in SNL. Okay, so he was comfortable with them. And, and, he, he, that and he handpicked him. Yeah, I see. So then he's like, oh, I'm going to direct. So the studio, I don't know if the studio was super thrilled about that. Well, probably not. I think they were okay. I mean, Eddie is a huge star, they, they, they would have agreed to it. But then Eddie's like, well, my buddy John Landis needs some help. Remember, John Landis, we talked about this a little bit when we did um, Animal House. We talked about his career a little bit and how the Twilight Zone shit, like, uh, you know, three people, three actors died um, shooting the Twilight Zone. Uh, it was a helicopter that gets people were decapitated, right? And Vic Morrow, one of the one, one of the stars of the movie, got got killed. And there were lawsuits. People said Landis wasn't running a safe set. So, uh, it, it, you know, during all this shit, is when um he directed uh Eddie Murphy in was it perfectly Cop one? I thought he only. I thought he did. I thought he did three. I didn't know that he did one. I'm sorry, it was Trading Places. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, that's right. It was the Trading right. Places.
0: Makes sense so, you have the so same. So Trading
1: Places, thing uh, you know, and then Twilight Zone both come out in 83. Yeah. And then he does um, Spies Like Us. Oh, that's right. And Clue and Three Amigos. But like, you know, these movies weren't, I you know Clue and Three Amigos especially have had kind of. Um,
0: I like Three Amigos and I also like Spies Like Us.
1: I haven't seen Spies Like Us since I Forever. was a kid.
0: I loved it as a kid.
1: I, I, Clue and Three Amigos are, are entertaining. They have some real entertaining elements yeah. to them. But none of these movies are like box office, like juggernauts. Sure. Um, so I think, I remember it said, like, oh, I want to help out my buddy. So they're working on it. And then there's two different sides of the story. And even a third side, I guess. So one side is John Landis' side. John Landis like, I come on to do this movie. Uh, coming to America, yeah. And when I directed Eddie Murphy in Trading Places, he couldn't have been better to work with. He was this young, fresh guy, had no entourage, had none of this like big head, ego, no ego. Yeah. It, was, right. it couldn't have been easier to direct. The guy I directed in Coming to America was a complete 180 from that. This uh, guy was a nightmare to direct. Couldn't have been more difficult. It was a real challenge. And uh, it, it, I love him in the movie. He's really good in the movie. But he personally, he was a disaster. Wow. Eddie Murphy says, this is bullshit. I was trying to help out my buddy who I thought, you know, went through all this shit with Twilight Zone, hadn't had a big hit since Trading Places, a huge, huge, huge hit. Right. So like, you know, I'll have him direct the movie and the guy is a complete asshole the entire time. So that's Eddie Murphy's take. The third side of the story, and this is the side that I think is very interesting, is that I think both of them are both probably assholes and they both did Beverly Hills Cop 3 together six years later. Yeah. Now we talked about that a little bit when we did risky business. How Bronson Pinchot was saying that in Beverly Hills Cop Three, like Eddie wasn't even showing up to do like scenes. So like a lot of times you want the other actor to react to stuff, and Eddie Murphy the entire time was basically, I mean, Bronson Pinchot the entire time was basically talking to John Landis, who was sitting where Eddie Murphy would sit <laughs> for these reaction shots. So Eddie Murphy was basically only on set when he absolutely had to be. So he's pulling a real diva move there. Yeah. So, you know. It, you know, Eddie Murphy fans might say, "Well, yeah, he was pulling that diva move because he was treated so badly on coming to America."
0: But then, why do the movie in the first place? Why do the th- I guess because of the money, maybe.
1: But I think there was a lot of that, right? So you could tell right there that by, by ninety four, whenever they did Beverly Hills Cop three, uh, it was ninety four. Eddie Murphy's star had definitely fallen. Like that's that famous joke by David Spade. It was like, "Oh look, a falling star." It's like, "No, that's Eddie Murphy." That's right. Um, and um, you know, you can tell though it was like he was a falling star because he never he he couldn't pick his own director. You know, like. He, I don't know if the studio force land. I doubt he handpicked the They had this huge falling out. Yeah. It's a really weird, that is weird. thing that again. happened. Well, now. after
0: six years, you think maybe you patch it up a little bit.
1: They still maybe. seem like mad at each other. And then, yeah. you know, then you have a So with Landis, obviously you have, uh, or maybe not obviously if you don't know, but like his son, Max Landis is basically got me too And he was uh, a, he wrote that movie Chronicle. He was was kind of a rising star in Hollywood. And then a bunch of women came out and said how he was verbally, physically, sexually abusive, which really, and a lot of people said that John Landis was. Uh, really protecting Max and like kind of enable this kind of behavior. Uh, So like John Landis, I mean, he's 71 now, but he hasn't really, he hasn't directed a movie in Hollywood in almost 20 years. And then Max is completely blackballed. So um, I'm I'm sure for good reason, he sounds like a really despicable guy. It wouldn't have
0: been a situation where Murphy would have had like a,
1: three movie deal or something right with uh with Beverly Hills. Cop. Oh it could have that been have I mean we don't I, don't I don't know I, don't, I didn't read up enough about Beverly Hills. I don't know the inner you know, work is, I don't know if also maybe he was contracted after doing the first one. Maybe he had to. Do these maybe sequels. he had to. Yeah I don't know I mean I don't know what the situation was there or why Landis because Landis didn't do the second didn't do the first two so why would he do the third one?
0: Maybe he produced one of them I, I don't know. I don't, maybe it's didn't. weird like but why weird. would he
1: direct it though like that isn't that isn't so but for this movie it was supposed to work and I guess the set was kind of a disaster so while they're making this movie that's all about this friendly guy <laughs> and no real bad guys. There's a lot of conflict. I guess there's a ton of conflict in the set. I feel like
0: we've come up with that that's come up for movies that we've we've talked about quite a bit actually where the sets are kind of a
1: mess. They can yeah. be and it's funny like some of these movies it can't, Like Groundhog Day is a good Groundhog a Day good, is a great example.
0: good example of it which is a, you know, an all-time comedy. It's
1: actually a pretty good comedy because you have two guys that were friends, obviously Murray and Ramis were more friendly than sure. uh, Murphy and Landis. But they went into the movie thinking, "Oh, we're friends, this is going to be fun." And then when the movie was over, like I'm not talking ever again. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah. Um and uh yeah but in the and a funny thing about groundhog day and coming america are both really effective comedies they are (laughs) so many conflict reads i I don't know like it didn't you wouldn't i wouldn't have known that if i hadn't read like it you didn't feel that watching this movie at all that's almost like an anti-conflict movie
0: yeah actually that's uh and that's a really hard it's hard to be that charismatic that happy looking if you're miserable on set like i don't know how he pulled that off i mean a murphy is smiling the entire movie he really is and you buy it. It's an, and it. It seems authentic. Little thing. Well, it's just, he's just mopping the floor by Lisa's office and he's just shuffling, shuffling and smiling the entire time.
1: Like he's just so it's charismatic. So
0: funny. to Look at like, uh, he's a, so awesome. He's it's so you great. You can't take
1: your eyes off him. This movie did not, uh, you mentioned the critics didn't, this movie didn't get nearly enough respect. I think a movie reason this movie has kind of hung on in our zeitgeist for longer than, uh, than it would have expected to, or longer than a lot of Murphy's other movies did. The characters always behave like they always the next move always makes sense. Like, of course Arsenio Hall is gonna go get a hot tub. Yes, he's pampered. And of course the parents are gonna come to Queens if you send a telegram saying I need a million dollars. You know, like, you know, everyone, like the next the next steps always are logical. Sure. Uh you know, they invite him to a basketball game. That's like, what kind of people do I have an extra ticket all invite? Like, yeah. It's it's just it seem everything seemed real. There was I didn't you know, I've seen, we've seen dramas that are regarded that have so many more potholes. Way more holes.
0: Like things like Thelma and Louise or something where yeah. where you don't, you don't buy, buy that, that, that Harvey Keitel is like that
1: connected to these people. Or that like Gina Davis would do these incredibly no. stupid things over and over again. Like used the no. money with Brad Pitt's character? Like no. you wouldn't believe, but like there was none of that here. I think none. everyone behaved in a realistic, pretty, pretty realistic, considering the ridiculous circumstances in a ridiculous uh, uh, Explainable, way. Explainable in a believable
0: way. Yeah. And that's really important.
1: And the jokes all land because of that. Well, and that,
0: that's a testament to the writing then. I mean. It really is. Everything, they did a good job. I,
1: I mean, this movie is, is re, and I'm, I, it is, it was really fun to revisit this because I said it was better than I remembered it. Um I was going in thinking, oh, this might not hold up very well.
0: But it really did. It was funny. And there was a more adult humor than I remembered to Maybe it we just didn't get
1: it when I didn't get it as a kid. I probably saw it a bunch of times as a kid, but maybe I just didn't just didn't register. It's funny. It also uh ages really well. So like as time has gone on, obviously become more sensitive to a lot of things. But there's no real like I didn't. I mean, I didn't see anything that made me uncomfortable from a race perspective. Or from no. Like a, a, everyone, no, even when Arsenio's dressed up as a woman, it was fine. Yeah, like he
0: didn't react in like a negative. A lot of people. You have um, what's the Ace Ventura uh reaction yes. where he's plunging his face or something and puking, right. which is they, you know, when he does mid- not age well. No, but this does. Uh, you know, you just see kind of Eddie, kind of embarrassed. Yes. Uh, it's
1: it's very it's done very well. Like, yeah, and, like, they're, you know, they're even, like, they're having the argument at the barbershop at the boxers, and, like... Yeah. Maybe a younger person doesn't know who some of the boxers are, but if you're 40 or older, you know who all those guys are they're, are. they're all they're legends. legends. So they're right. arguing about things that are, like... It still holds up. Like, all those... It just... It felt like the movie could have been made, like, this year. Yeah. Like, you know, because the Queen stuff... All still holds up. McDowell stuff, which is so funny. It is funny. And that, what a great beat. So it would have been so easy and lazy for this movie just to have been about a fish out of water stuff. So the whole movie is just Eddie Murphy finds different things in Queens that he reacts to. Yep. But they do a left turn with the McDowell stuff and they bring on this whole other level of of things to mock of this guy ripping off McDonald's. <laughs> yes. Which is
0: And he's what, paranoid about it the entire time. He's right. He's paranoid about it at the time because he thinks, "Oh, who's you know someone's someone's here to see you." Oh, is it someone from McDonald's? Like well, he's yeah. Because he's paranoid.
1: I, I, well, it, I, it, I think about be paranoid with reason because he, yes, he's, he's, he's he is really something McDonald's. McDonald's. And like they're unapologetic. It's so great. It's yeah. it's done. I the thing I was literally in hysterics in my house watching it. I completely forgot about the slime. He's like, well, don't, "We don't we have the Big Mac. We have the Big Mick." And he goes through all <laughs> yes. the things in yes. the Big Mac. You know, yes, double you know double, the double burger, burger patties, yeah. or, but we don't have our bun. No, 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 no seeds. <laughs> That's the one difference.
0: There's a lot of little details in this movie too. You think about the preacher guy and, and when he's he's telling about like God's good deeds, he got he says gets Gilligan off the island.
1: Yeah. I was <laughs> like
0: made me crack up so much. One of my favorite details is Niall Rogers' song, of course. This is such a great song. It's good. Wait till the singing. That's so funky. It's so good. Yeah. Nile Rodgers. Yeah. I don't really know Nile Rodgers. Say chic. The freak. Say chic. Oh, okay. That guy. He's a guitar player.
1: Yeah.
0: One of the funky. He's probably the most. That is so good. Yeah. A2. Like that is a legit
1: awesome song. Yeah. Yeah. Little details. In the words, like the McDonald's stuff, there's a ton of little detail. Like it, that stuff is so it's so funny to me. Obviously McDonald's, like, I work there, so I have a- <laughs> You have a special but, connection but the, to McDonald's. The thing is it really holds up though because McDonald's is still like, they picked the right, obviously McDonald's was a, was a behemoth then, but like some restaurants go away and it's, but it's still like very present. Like McDonald's is still very, so oh, all yeah. the jokes still work. Queens Boulevard, you keep referencing it i like. i love this movie is very it's obviously queen centric like queen's Boulevard is still the major throughway through queen like all that stuff is is re- jackson heights you know obviously has become and now now it's become much more gentrified and it's a lot it's a lot you know you see it's a much like safer you're gonna leave your luggage out if you aren't gonna steal it immediately now yeah yeah uh but you know but it's fun you know i all those beats work and i, I everything is great you know eddie murphy takes um Arsene Hall's money away. So obviously Arsene Hall does a telegram to get more money. <laughs> yes. But like, you know, all of those beats work. It, this movie is, is so much more effective than I gave it credit for.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, any bad stuff? The only, the one thing that really bothered me was they kept going to the dog shot, the dog reaction shot. Like that happened three times. Yeah. That was I'm, annoying. Yeah. I was like, come on, Landis. Actually, I think the direction of the movie is not amazing. Direction's
1: not good. Yeah. No, it's not, not really it's really not good. The script is very good. The script are very good. Performances are really good. Um I don't love the direction. I don't love no. the ending. I guess the negative I said it, I kind of compare this to Midnight Run in some ways, where some of the movie does feel slow. Now that's not the movie's fault. That's what the error was. Yeah. But, you know, hey, some movies don't feel as slow. Like, you know, I know Batman was three years later, it's a different or a year later it's a different genre, so I mean it's not a fair comp, but there are some comedies that you know, like Goonies is much quicker. Sure. You know, some it's of these of adventure. Yeah. And it's also, you know, was kind of for kids. So it's going to move a little faster. Yeah. But some of those shots just kind of linger here and you're like, all right, let's kind of get to it a little bit. So I don't, yeah, Landis, you know, we've talked about, you know, Animal House. I liked it more than you did. Yeah, it's not good. Um, I said it, it's it's good. It has it has it, but like I. No, this I is much funnier. I don't to know me. if I would say like Animal House is like really well directed.
0: I though. was laughing through this movie. I did not really laugh. I didn't. I don't know that I laughed. Maybe I chuckled once or twice in Animal House. I was laughing in this movie. This was funny to me.
1: I, I don't. I, I do have. I do have questions of Landon. I know American Werewolf is supposed to be his. Uh, kind of his best. It's his. I, I think it's it's cheeky. It's kind of weird. I haven't seen it in forever. It's odd. Um, but like I don't think this is very well directed. No, I don't think so either. So I guess that would be my negative,
0: and probably blues. Brothers. I think that's not going to hold up as well as if we. Ever I don't
1: heard know. It, but. I mean, you look at career though, and it, it's 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 a lot of not. It's, it's it's some not good. Like Twilight Zone, his obviously that movie had major issues. Maybe Huge I shouldn't problems, even count yeah, it, and right. people died. Probably not.
0: But it's it's the weakest of those stories. A, a not safe. I mean, you think he didn't have a like a. Right, <laughs> but he, he just
1: judged the film and it's merit. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's which one did he do?
1: He did the one. Vic Morrow is in, uh, goes to Vietnam or has the Vietnam stuff. It's the very first story. Yeah. It, it's the, it's the weakest one. Um, you know, he did, uh, you said you like spies like us. I like spies like us. Trading places. And clue is good. If you talk about his directing only, so just, just, clue Clu is pretty cool hard. It has a lot of moving parts. It's hard. And, and yeah,
0: and a lot of characters.
1: And it works great. It does look great. Um, he directed a movie called Oscar, which he did after coming to America, that which is, with Sylvester Stallone.
0: Yeah. It is.
1: A, it's like a farce, like a 1930s, like style, like farce. It is awful. It is so bad. Yeah. It is incredibly shitty. Um, it all kind of takes place in this mansion. Um, and it's like a lot of like very telegraphed, like 1940s style humor. Mm. Um, but it's, it's, it's really, really, really weak. Uh, I mean, the movies, I, I'll go through what he did after that. He did a movie called innocent blood. I don't remember don't it at what? all. I'm sorry. Beverly Hills Cop Three, yep. Which you know, I, I haven't. I liked it,
0: but I haven't seen it forever.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I saw. It. I remember not liking when I saw it. Yeah. I uh, did a movie called The Stupids, which I think had Tom Arnold in it. Oh yeah. He did Blues yeah. Brothers Two Thousand.
0: There's which no way. Was a money I'll grab, ever obviously. Ever see that? Yeah.
1: Did a movie called Susan's Plan, which I have no idea what that Never is. Never heard of. Um. It. So like he, he so after this, didn't didn't really go. Didn't go anywhere. No Oscar. Really? That movie was a huge failure. Yeah. Um, it was a huge bomb for Stallone. That was during his stop on almost shoot phase. So Stallone was definitely going through some shit. Uh, you know, cliffhanger kind of got him back going a little bit more, but, um, but Oscar is just, is an abysmal movie, but it's also really poorly well, poorly and,
0: made. And how many chances do you get if you're Landis? You you had people killed on your set and yeah. then, you know, and then you do a, a bad, bad flop like that. You're not going to really get much And, and, left and you wonder too, like else. how much
1: of it was riding coattails? Like, you know, he does two Eddie Murphy movies. Yeah, you know? exactly. He did a John, he did Animal House, John Belushi, you know, we're going that cast. It's stacked right. with, you know, you know, uh, three amigos. I mean, you have... John yeah, Short, Steve Martin, yep. Chevy Chase. Like, right. that's pretty. That's and the Warren Michaels was involved with that movie. Like, yeah. You know, you have a pretty, you know, like, Clue had a great supporting cast. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, you see, you know, uh, Spies Like Us had Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase. So, like, trading place, Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy. So, you know, how much of it was the people he was working with? I, and honestly, the more we watch his movies and watch them critically, I'm like, John Landis. Yeah, you know what, director. John Landis probably wasn't a very good director. Wasn't, no. a, good, wasn't a good director. No. He might have been a shitty one. And he might have been a shitty person
0: might've been a shitty person and a shitty director, but he did make some good movies. Right. But I wonder though, if like not great though, does he
1: deserve credit or, well, I mean, he's got like, a, for this. Uh, he like I, he for this. like, I don't think he deserves much credit for this.
0: No, it's mostly Eddie Murphy and the and rest Eddie of the cast. Murphy, like if, if you look at it. Yes. And now,
1: yeah. if you look at like the behind the scenes, Eddie Murphy did it. Like this was his idea. He got the writers. It's true. He casted this movie. Yeah. It's true. Like he did. And he was going to direct it. Now, he says he was doing a favor. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. I don't know if I buy that. Well, if they're friends and, and like, uh, Landis is blackballed, bring him in. But he wasn't blackballed. He had just done Spies Like Us, okay, Three yeah. Amigos. He hadn't had a big hit in a while, but he wasn't blackballed. Okay. So like, whatever. Um. But the, the Landis, it seems like kind of a director for hire. Like it doesn't seem like this movie really was Eddie Murphy's baby. So I give Eddie Murphy the credit for this. Sure. Who do you give the credit for? An Animal House? I probably give the National Lampoon guys. Yeah, the writers. They, right. There were some of the, and then I, the cast like John Belushi, we talked about, you know, Karen, uh, Karen, Karen Allen. Allen, she was so good in it. You sure. know, so there's some like, you know, obviously Kevin Bacon, you have a stacked cast there. I give them their credit. I don't know if I give the director a credit, like a, a lot of credit for that success. Yeah.
0: Well, it wasn't directed particularly well. I mean, no, it doesn't.
1: Yeah. I don't think so either. Some of those shots were dark in yeah. animal house. Like, yeah. and then with this movie, I don't, I don't know.
0: I mean, there you had the benefit of great costumes in some of the scenes, and you had the benefit of of queens.
1: So, and I you know, I, I do like the African country. Though. that was kind of looked kind of cool. So, I guess I give Landis credit for that. For yeah, you swoop.
0: I uh, you're flying in. I like that uh, actually. With, uh, Lady Smith in the background singing. Um, that was cool. Yeah, that was good. The, the opening's good. It is. Yeah.
1: So I guess I mean it's, I'm not I'm not trying to rip Landis down here, but you asked me negative, and I would I would put him on 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 the short list Yeah. Matters. He was probably
0: the weakest link in terms of writing, Um, you know, yeah. Writing, the acting cast, and, and, right. uh, and, and directing. He's the weak link here, but this movie was much better than I thought it was going to be. Honestly, it, it held up a lot better.
1: Really solid. But if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. Uh, I know I haven't seen the sequel. I don't know if I'm in a rush to see the sequel. Probably oh, not. I probably don't think all it Anytime it. it's that far removed, it's usually plus it didn't get a very, very good review. So well, and
0: Murphy's just, he hasn't
1: been good. hasn't been good in forever. I mean, he did that movie Dolomite. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen it. Um, I guess know, that was done a lot. I mean, I mean, guess yeah, I too. I mean he, he was good in dream girls. It's a bad movie, but he was good in it. Yeah. But I mean, he has, he hasn't done much. No. Eddie Murphy though. So, I mean, obviously we we'll hit more Eddie Murphy movies. We can talk more, you know, I'm sure we'll hit, you know, hit, this is our first Eddie Murphy movie, right? So, I mean, we'll, I think we'll have so. a lot more to yeah. say when we hit the other ones, uh, about him and his career. But, um, yeah, this movie, though, uh, there's enough talk about with just this movie, I think. There's a lot going on. It's really well done. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's one of the better comedies we've seen in this show. Yeah, definitely check it out.
0: Uh, shall we move on to New Sensation? Yes. Right now. So, uh New Sensation by NXS off Kick, uh their biggest album ever. Twenty million copies sold. I think they've sold something like fifty million worldwide, um total. So this is, you know, they they think I think before Hutchins died, they might have done maybe eight or nine, maybe nine records or something. So if you think about that, nine records and this takes up almost half of, of their album sales. This 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 really got them going. Um and they were, they were on the rise before that because the album before had some hits, but this one has four hits in the top 10. It's got Need You Tonight, Never Tear Us Apart, Devil Inside, and New Sensation. Now, um, I have a hard time um, deciding whether Never Tear Us Apart or New Sensation is my favorite, but I think this is my favorite. This is a really good song. I like this song a lot. You like the song?
1: Yeah, so NXS is the most underrated band from the 80s potentially could be and I think a big reason is because Hutchins died in in 97 so I think a lot of younger people don't know when excess right this album okay so here's my take on this album yeah this album and Joshua Tree both came out in 87 these albums were so good yeah captured the 80s sound so well oh yeah that it ended the 80s sound because at that point, you can't... There's nowhere to there's go. There's nowhere else to... Yeah. So, like, no. this kick and Joshua Tree... When I say Joshua Tree, I'm talking, of course, about side A. Side B of Joshua Tree a little rough. Side A of Joshua Tree and nice. this album. Uh, mastered that 80s sound. Whatever that is. You know, I don't know if it's synth or what, what do you call well, it? Well, we're I mean, going to talk a little
0: bit about the eighty like, sound. Like,
1: the, yeah. like, like, you know, obviously, you two had more of, like, an anthem type. And this was more, like, pop. Like, those two bands are, like, no one could do it better. I don't, I don't think it can be done better then than these two, two albums. This albums. album kick is so good. It's really good. And in excess is so great. Yep. And you know, there's a number of reasons why it didn't like, why they're not known. Like you two is known. It's, there's a few reasons why. Obviously Hutchins dying young, self-destructive. Very, yeah. Um, yep. you know, and I think there's you know, is all, Hutchins was a disaster. Uh, so, but yeah, yeah. I was
0: going to say, let's go ahead.
1: Yeah. But, um, I think that, when you are making like a list of like, all right, let's make like the 180 song or whatever, like in excess needs to have a number. Cause you said they were on the rise. It's more than that. Like they, they're like two or three albums before that each had like multiple really good songs. They in did.
0: fact, even after this, I, oh. I, I, don't really remember oh, there this was as the, well. Even the one in like 94, it was 92.
1: Uh, uh, w- uh welcome to wherever you are. Yes. Has like, not enough time. Not enough girl. time is a great song. Not enough time. It's a great for all song. all I need from you is a great song. And you think of what was going on in 92. Like, you had a lot, like, it was this grunge. Yep.
0: Yeah. And then you, Jam, had, you had hair, had med- hair yep. bands
1: kind of. So they, like, they somehow managed to make it their sound married to alternative, and it fucking works. That album is killer. NHS is a really great band that no one talks about. And it's a shame. I agree. I totally agree. And New Stage is a great song. Yes, that's, this song is fucking fantastic. Yeah. This might be my favorite NXS song.
0: I think it's either this or Never Tell Never Tear Us Apart. That's a great song too. It's great just great so, song. It's just so cool. The cool thing about them is they really um changed their sound mm-hmm. over time. So when they get together pretty young. Um Australians, of course. Uh they the their two brothers, the Ferris brothers, one's a I think rhythm guitar player, keyboard player, backup singer, and or yeah, backing singer, and then the 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 other Ferris brother is the drummer. So you have the two brothers and, um, and they got together with Hutchins when they were 17 years old or something like that. So by the time they're, you know, 19, 20, 21 years old, they're starting to put out records. So this is their sixth record. And they, you know, they started playing in like 1979, And he's young when this comes out. He's, yeah, yeah he's, because uh, oh, he like, was born 20s. in 1960. So he would have been I mean, 27. 20, 27. And yeah. this is their sixth album. Yeah. That's crazy for a band. Yeah, uh, And they do a big like change. So they'd start with like new, new wave. Here's uh, Underneath the Color. This is strange. Yeah. Think about the transition world? of yeah. this band. Yeah. To the dance, more anthemic, like fun rock band. Yes. That's, that's kick. And that's X even. Uh, X was the, the album that I really had because that, that, that I, I like got into, mm-hmm. um, I think I, I, I bought that record for myself and then I went back to the, my mom. it was sort of like a transition. My mom liked older in excess and then it was transitioned to me because by the time X comes out in whatever that was, 90, I mean, it must've been 90. No, it must've been 90, 90. something. It was 90. So I'm 12 then. And so now yeah. like, CDs are, are on yep. the rise and I'm buying my CD collection. And so I, I and buy Suicide X. Suicide Blonde. It's Suicide a great, great fucking song. song. Yeah, the awesome harmonica. I'm not a harmonica guy, by the way. I typically do not like harmonica and that is an awesome harmonica. That is a that really song. good song. It's a great song. Yeah. Um, that's a great song. Yeah. So that's, they do this huge change. They go from this new wave type of band. I even saw the video for that song uh, underneath the colors. So strange to mm. like see them that, uh, seem like that. And they're so young and they move to like more of a pub kind of rock band. And then they just get, they, they add in their funk and, and, and sort of, yeah, funk and rock and kind of dance elements to this album and it just works it, it makes so much sense why it took off like they they kind of put all their pieces into place and then yeah make this just amazing album um so let's talk maybe let's talk about i just want to hit hutchins first so he dies in 97 it's actually really tragic the whole thing's really fucked so up. so tragic and so he's distraught because he's not able to see he's in sydney he's on tour and he's not able to see his daughter uh tiger i think mm-hmm. uh her name is The mom is Polly Yates. Right. Who was Bob Geldof's. Yes. Well, I don't like Bob Geldof. Is it just, I don't know Uh, why. I just have bad vibe about him. I don't blame him here. And this is really
1: complicated and weird I don't know about
0: because of this. I think it's just the accumulation. Polly Yates seems like a mess. She's a mess. Yeah. Yeah. But so Polly Yates and Bob Geldof Mm -hmm. are in a relationship for years. They have three kids. They break up. She starts seeing Michael Hutchins, but Michael Hutchins kind of, I, I don't, I think he was even dating other women by this time too. But it was all fucked up by drugs. Like her, like she, right. her and Geldof's relationship fell apart because of drugs. Yeah. He looks terrible at the end of their relationship
1: too. Like he looked, yeah. he looked like he was, a, he had a, a super problem. So but, Paul Yates goes into this relationship with Hutchins, a complete mess. And they're both he's, And he's, a, he's mess. a mess. And he's, he's a, a mess. famous mess. He's been messing yeah. for a
0: mess for fucking years. He has a drug problem. Yes. And, and so he's all distraught because Geldof is basically suing for custody to get their kids back Paula Paula Yates is and his kids back and so she can't go to Australia with the kids uh with the three kids that she had with Geldof and the one kid um Tiger that she had with Hutchins and so he's distraught and freaking out he takes a bunch of drugs calls Geldof they have a fight hangs up the phone and then the next morning they find they find him hot like he's hung himself on the doorknob uh he had coke in his system um
1: antidepressants and I mean, all, he had also a long heroin like, addition Paul Yates would die four years well, that's later the pro- yes yeah. and
0: then so four years later Paul Yates dies of a heroin overdose right. and now Bob Geldof so you kind of I give Bob Geldof that's what I a credit. mean so he takes care of Hutchins kid right. too takes Tiger um Tiger in too and so that the four kids can can be raised together which I that is a nice thing it probably gives her a good life but Bob one of Bob Geldof's kids died of a drug overdose yes.
1: too um
0: yeah so i, I don't so, know uh, all
1: in defense of hutchins now hutchins in the 80s was long known as kind of like a bad boy of rock a little bit like he would go out he just could get drunk yeah. just insane so i have a theory this kind of goes into one of my theories in life is that people who commit a lot of times violent crimes are that often it's obvious traced back to head injuries yeah so in i think it was like 90 or 91 he was crossing the street he gets into a fight of course he's drunk as shit he gets to go a fight with a cab driver. The other guy's drunk. And I don't, I forget if the, car, if the cab driver hit him then with the car and knocked him over. He smacks his skull on the ground oh. and fractures it. And Hutchins is such a mess. He doesn't go to the doctors for like days. Jesus Christ. And then when they get him, he, they fix him. They fi- they try to fix it, but he lost his sense of smell and his sense of taste. And that made him angry and depressed. And I think also there had been such a, like a, a violence to his head. It changed his it's changed his wiring. Yeah. And I guess, uh, so then he starts rehearsing with In again and one of the guys in Excess was like, yeah, so after this head injury, Michael Hutchins threatened our lives, each of our lives at different occasions Jesus that first Christ. month. He was just like wild and irrational and like to go back and look at like a lot of serial killers and stuff like that, a lot of it traces back to head injuries when they were young or like, I remember I was reading about one serial killer and he, uh, he had fought, like he was climbing the rope in gym class in junior high and he fell and it hit his head. He was hospitalized. And then like 20 years later, he's like, he was one of these uh, murderers that he would kill girls at truck stops. Oh. It's like, well, maybe he was evil always, but like, I don't know. These head injuries make people do, and I guess after Hutchinson's head injury, the drug, in, it was more than just being a party boy. It became like really Habit. dark. Yeah. Now also, it also could have been the addiction just grabbing a better hole. He was in his 30s, you know, he got, gets older, addiction can get harder. Yes. Or was it this head injury that just completely changed him and it made him fall for girls like Paul Yates that were complete wrecks?
0: I feel like you see it with athletes a lot where they, the either, they either kill themselves or they kill their family members. Yeah. They just, you know, or they get violent or they're in prison. Or even if they just can't manage their life well after sports, it could be, you know, they might not get violent, but they might just not, you know, the head injury could. It's, I just feel like a lot of athletes, you know, football, football. The CTE. Is like, CTE it's like, yeah. it's
1: from real shit. Like, I, I think a lot of violence can be traced to the, head these injury. head injuries. And it's, uh, so I'm not saying Hutchins was violent, but Hutchins was dating someone like Paul Yates, who's a complete wreck. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in fact, the last thing Paul Yates did, I think uh, I read was, uh, she put some uh, heroin in his, in his pocket <laughs> at, at his yes, funeral. Yes, that's right. Like, like, oh, here's some, for, you know, for something next, to yeah, for carry like, into the next. Like, I mean, that the, the relationship was so tied to drugs. It's like, one, that's the last thing she did. And it, it just shows you how dysfunctional it must have been. And I think it really, it obviously really affected, I think you know, no one really talks about In Excess anymore. Like, I know they don't. Like, there's, like U2 is still like, I know people kind of roll their eyes, especially, I'm sure a lot of our listeners in their early 30s or 20s. We'll roll people. their eyes
0: at a U2 just yeah, because they got a little love like, songy.
1: I think it's just like dad to them, which I get, and it, it is to some extent. But like, U2 is still a really important band to a lot of people. Absolutely. I don't think In Excess is an important band to a lot Not of people. Not at all. And it's a shame. They, def- get, they definitely get
0: overlooked. Overlooked hardcore. And so U2, I'm sure, is probably sold 150
1: million Oh, or something. Like, and U2's a better band. I'm not, I'm... Not, I'm no, they are. Yeah, they are. They're better. They're better. And they, you know, they have that great second act with something. Yeah, I, Activity, I like. The, I really like the, that. The album. CD pop. I yeah. like Ropa. Yeah. I like all the things you you, uh, you can't leave yeah. behind. Like, uh, those are all good. They're good. Really good CD. Yeah, I they're like, good writers. But NXS is too, and they didn't necessarily have
0: that second act, maybe because Hutchins... Right. You know, and then also because he died. But, uh, but they were prolific up until this point, and they really changed their sound. And maybe if they were bigger... Maybe if they were bigger when they were younger, they would have, uh, you know, if they, if they like hit right out of the gate, like kind of you two did. They were really young when their first album. I don't know. Yeah, that, like was a boy well, y- that first, Yes, uh, the
1: first album. Yeah, but they were having some hits like in their yeah, first they couple were. albums, right? Where yeah. In Excess was. They, were, really they wasn't. were always a bigger band than In Excess. They like were. when Joshua Tree came out, I know I'm comparing them, but like Joshua Tree's a much bigger album than Kick was. I'm not trying to. To Do that, but I'm just saying that those two albums to me like capture the sound. I, mean, I agree, yeah. But I mean, yeah, in excess isn't as great or as prolific as you, 2 No, but you, but they're overlooked now, yeah. Like you'd think, but they're, they're not that far removed, they're either. not,
0: no. And they have a lot of hits and a lot of great songs. And and I think a great in Excess
1: album. could have been like we mentioned, like, uh, you know, from the Welcome to Wherever You Are, like 92, like, so it has not enough time, Beautiful Girls are really good songs, yeah. Those songs, I would say, if I could, like, it's very comparable to like what you two was putting out at a time, it was an alternative. It wasn't like '80s rock. It was like a new, a new thing. And like you two kind of had it down, because like, they did, um, like Zuropa. They and, did Zappa, so, yeah. and, and that came out in '91, yeah. right? That's a uh, really good album. '91, no,
0: '93. Octune Baby. Octoon was, Baby was, was, was '92-ish. Okay, it was that whenever when uh, REM's Big uh, Automatic for the People came out? The yeah. same year. Th- those were that was a good year for music for me. I love those two albums. And this
1: works with those. It really does. Like next year, you yeah. know, like that's not that this similar. No. Um. So like, let's say Hutchins doesn't go. You know, go crazy and 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 have these drug problems and all this other stuff. Like, who's to say they wouldn't have kept making mo- music like you two did in the nineties? More timeless stuff as they went on. Yeah, because they were able to adapt before. We have right. every reason to believe that and they could have, and they're
0: adapting now. Like, yeah. you know, uh,
1: Suicide Blonde, and, right? Uh, you
0: know, those are not 80s songs. No, those are ninety songs. Yes, they, yes are. they sound way different. And actually, I think I think their sound is more timeless anyway. Like, if you listen to this song, it doesn't nec- it doesn't give you the eighties vibe. Even it does though- to me. They're, well, but not in a negative way. No, but they like, I even listened to, so I picked apart how they treat the drums. So eighties to me is a very, the drums sound very similar. It's a gated reverb sound. I'm going to, I'm going to show you what that is. Um, but how they, how usually you treat drums in the eighties is you would put, so reverb is a room, right? We, when we talk, we're used to hearing ourselves in a space. Like when you put your hands over your ears, it's, it's weird. So if you're in like a big, you know, chamber, you're in a, you're in a big hall or something, you sound a lot different than you are in your bathroom. Um, So what they did on kits in the 80s, which was very weird, is they would put these big reverbs on, which like almost like you were in a concert hall, but they would use a gate, which is, so we have a gate on our microphones right now that if we go really, really quiet, the microphone will shut off so that it it doesn't get all the ambient noise of the room in my microphone if you're talking. So that, that's what the gate does. It shuts okay. off the microphone. So they would put this gate sound on the verb. You'd put the verb on, and so you, you'd have this big explosion on, say, the snare drum. It would almost sound like the snare drum was double, but then it would, it, it would grow a little bit and then it would cut off. So I'm going to show you what that sounds like. Okay. Bring it back. Someone applying the gate over time. Hear it grow? Grow and then cut off, that is the sound of 80s. Um, That is the sound of, this is a typical. Peter Gabriel. You listen to the snare. Sort of grabs you. That's an 80s kit. Whereas on this song, it doesn't sound the same. Snare is not the same. That sounds like a normal snare. That sounds like a modern kit. So you don't have the same, so you do have like the, you'll have the, uh, the keyboards that are 80s and like the horns. Um, yeah. But, but you don't, but the but sort of the base of the song, the kit, and even, you know, the, the rest of the elements of it, the guitar sounds like it could be a, a modern guitar. The bass doesn't, certainly the drums do as well. So I think it lasts longer. I think that
1: they can, they can move past that time period. I mean, I still enjoy this song, like today. Like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I still enjoy this album today. I still, I still enjoy NXS today. U2 is the same way, though. If you listen yeah. to the
0: way they're mixed, they're mixed like a rock band, mm-hmm. not, not like a kind of an 80s pop band, no. which, which Gabriel would even do, even though he's very artistic, but Gabriel sounded like that time, and he did it very well. He just liked the sound of the, you know, yeah. how they would treat the, the drums that way. Um, but most of the other pop stuff you hear is, is with a kit like Gabriel does. And U2 doesn't, NXS doesn't. So it's sort of, it lingers with us a bit, which is a great thing. I love this song. Like, it's so sparse. This is a very drum-featured song. It's so perky, and it's, fa- it's actually fast. The song is really fast. Yeah. Um, it's faster than, it's faster than, I like, it felt, it felt like they were really pushing. Like, this is, a, this is almost too fast. It's, it's like, frenetic. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I, it's so sparse. Like, there's just a the guitar. It's, it's another... A very, it's a great example of an easy chord progression. I say this all the time. You got one, four, five songs. Those are the chord progression songs. This is one, um, one, five, four. It's a reverse, but you don't notice because of all the other stuff going on. There's all these little details, particularly in the chorus, where you hear, um, these backing vocals. You'll hear band stabs. You'll hear little flourishes on the keyboard. Just these little elements that are bouncing, bouncing off each other. So it's, a, it's another loved song. Loved song. It's a great
1: song. It's a great one. Um, this is in like, so we're talking about, like top songs. I, I'm sticking once again with AHA. Uh, it's still my favorite of the songs we've done. Yeah. Um, but this isn't that next tier. This is right there with, you know, some of those other, you know, my favorite songs that yeah. we've done. It's, just, this would, you it's know. up there. It's a great song. Uh, and in excess, might be my favorite band we've talked about. I'm trying to think we've talked about a band that I like more than these guys. We did talk about Radiohead. No. All right. You might like them better. I think I'm not like an excess player. Oh shit. I'd rather listen to like, I'd rather listen to 15 excess songs and 15 radio hit songs.
0: Oh, not me. But, uh, but I do really like this album yeah. and I do like them and their hits are really good. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Very good. Pop writers.
1: Um, so that's about it. I mean, great song. if you're I, I, younger and don't know them, go check them out for re- like check, kick out, just check this check album kick out, kick out or you go like, and find You can even go through like their greatest hits, whatever. Sure. Like they're, they're, they're really solid. And like, and if you're interested in like some, some of the stuff Matt and I talked about with, how areas change go check out x which came out in 90 or yeah. or their next album listen to the you can hear them change their sound you can hear how they could have been they could have had a much longer career they could be yeah. you know uh michael hutchins did a song on the batman uh forever soundtrack he did the passenger oh interesting um which is a, which is a remake uh but uh it's really good it's like a really good eerie song he does a great job with it I tried to find it. It wasn't on Apple. You know, and, this, some of these soundtrack songs are hard to find, but he's just so talented. That's the thing is he's all, he's very charismatic
0: uh, on stage and he's got a great voice. He has a great voice. It's crazy that he
1: didn't become a bigger star. He's a good looking guy. He, yes. He's, he's really fun to like watch him on videos. He's has a great voice. Yeah. In uh, excess is doing really fun stuff. I just, I, it's, I don't know. It, it, it's a shame that I guess as time goes on, some things just get lost. Um, and it's a shame that this is getting lost.
0: They, yeah. Yeah. They won't have the same. And they they even had the benefit of MTV. I mean, I know. They, I, so this is just kind of a sim- simple, simple, um, a simple video of just them playing a show on a rooftop, but it's cool looking and they do a good job. So you'd think with the benefit of that, they would have lasted. I don't, I don't know what happened. I guess they just didn't make the trend. They did make the transition into the nineties. They were doing stuff and they were getting radio play. Just, even that last song that we talked about in 92 or whatever it charted it was uh, it was like yeah. yeah it was like 28 or something yeah. on the Hot 100 it probably hit higher
1: i'm sure on the alternative or rock chart so they were getting ra- i remember that got radio play i think it was just that, that he was a mess And I know their last album that came out in ninety three. I was really rushed. I didn't get any real airplay. But it just seemed like it was a mess. The studio, it it, it was. And and then he's dead in four years. So So maybe
0: like you know, if he Cobains it and like dies right after this album or something, maybe he's more of a. if He dies after kick, then yeah, he's then a hero ish, right? And oh my, this guy was still up and coming because I mean, even at thirty seven when he died, he was still he had a lot left. Like you have a lot left as a musician, but. I think it would have been different if he were more of a kid 10 years earlier. I agree.
1: Well, if he dies, I mean, Kick was one of the biggest albums yeah. of that year. I mean, it was yeah. just a monster hit. So, right, if he dies right away, then yeah. yeah. But where he dies 10 years after that, nine years after that. And he's
0: less in the it's spotlight. Kind of like, it's kind of a has-been
1: yeah. in a way, but yet I think we just lost a lot of years because of the uh, cause either the head injury, the, the alcohol abuse, the drug abuse. Right. And it's But, is it, but it but it is really, they did leave, like I said, there are, 15 20 really good NXT really, songs out really there I, I can't recommend enough so yeah definitely check them out hopefully, I hopefully we'll hit them again we will that's why i didn't want to yeah. get
0: too far into depth in the other stuff because i could have played other songs from this album definitely yeah. but i figured we might we might hit
1: them so um yeah what uh what were you doing yeah so um uh, i'm actually gonna go see my nephew play little league baseball for the first time uh tomorrow um uh, or on sunday, sunday rather yeah um so i'm uh we already happened the time you hear we're taping these by the way well into the I have no idea where we are anymore yeah. what we're doing we're,
0: we're actually uh, I think I fucked up too oh is it your news story day you have headlines fuck oh Matt I know I'm so sorry <sighs> it is very upsetting
1: <laughs> yes yeah, so I guess I'll do headlines for the Patreon show I can do headline- ha- well I'll do it for the Patreon show alright let's do the headlines I know I know I forgot
0: sometimes you have to help a brother out. You could just ask me. I would've done him. I just forgot. I totally forgot about it. You know I've been bossed the wall lately. I know you just did Christy headlines. You know what we should do? We should put it in Slack. We should just put it in Slack, Matt Headlines this week. Oh, why? So, so, why do I have to remember? It, that was it's,
1: hard. it's every other. We just, we,
0: just, I, I can't we, remember. We've, yes, but we've now we've recorded. Th- this is our fourth in the last week. Something like that. So
1: I can't. I just said I don't remember. <sighs>
0: I'm really sorry about that. Sorry I let
1: you down. Well, I'll do I'll do the 1980 ones. You gotta do the 88 one. Just just remember, It's every other. It's not hard. We've been doing it every other for for over a year. Well,
0: yes, but now it's different because it's not on the because of the Patreon, and now we're not doing three shows. We're doing two shows. So we would each do it during the it's week, true, I guess. So I yes, just it's right. a little weird for me. And then because I, I don't know what week
1: we're in anymore, I don't know where we are, uh-huh. what we're doing anyway so, so i'll do it for the patreon show all right by the time you hear this my my i would have already seen my nephew play probably. But it but I got me thinking about little league you got me thinking about like oh well in 1988 like little League. this is summer it's like Little League was a big part of my life yeah and like how i got into baseball is i think probably i maybe a little unusual my, my parents are not big sports fans so uh like we never had football or baseball on in my house growing up um and I remember I just randomly bought a pack of cards because it was on the counter of this deli I used to go to in Deer Park. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I'll buy. I had thirty five cents. I'll buy a pack of these tops cards. And I remember just being more interested in like how tall and how much people weighed, and like and how, what years they played, and yeah. the teams. Than I was with the I don't know what the stats meant. I knew like HR. I had to figure it out. It's probably home run. Like I had to like yeah, do yeah. the figure out what it was because there was really no one to teach me. My dad just wasn't a big sports guy. So, um, I uh, I wanted to play Little League. You know, as I was like more. About, I'm like, I want to try this. So uh i i was i never gone to a batting range i i had never done anything my dad's like all right we'll go get you a mitt so we go to the sporting goods store he says you can have whatever mitt you want i said all right so i saw an eddie murray mitt and eddie murray was the first baseman for the orioles the yeah. hall of famer um but uh i i liked his baseball card because he always was very consistent so I'm like, Oh wow. <laughs> the and numbers were similar all the time. Kind of. Yeah. He, oh, Eddie Murray for Symmetry. years, he always had to, over 20 homers and o- always had over 75 RBIs. Yeah. I think he did it every year from 77 to like 89, except for the strike year of 81. Yeah. Like he always did at least that. So I'm like, Oh, this guy's really consistent. I like that. And, um, it wasn't, he was a first baseman, but it wasn't a first baseman's glove. It was an outfielder's glove. Sure. Um, so I picked that one out and I had it for years. I had that Eddie Murray thats like the glove I had the most in my life was that Eddie Murray glove. Um, and uh i love that glove and uh i uh i I had the glove i didn't i didn't i was like i was terrible i was never a great baseball player but i didn't know anything i didn't i didn't even know how to swing a bat i didn't know anything were you watching it at that time yeah i started watching it more like in 87 okay like so like i got my first pack of cards in 86 87 was really my first year doing little league and 88 was my second year uh so
0: you just didn't have the technique i mean you knew the game but you didn't i just
1: watched it i yeah. remember the first young player i remember like watching was al Leiter. he's the first guy i remember going oh this is his first game and i saw his first game and we could oh wow i want to follow this guy's career like this really and he ended up having a nice long career so that yeah. was kind of a fun one to, to pick but yeah my dad took me to a, a yankees game went to a yankees game in 86 and i think another one 87 I think we got free tickets from my dad worked for a broadway show yeah and the broadway uh the guy who ran the broadway show they're also uh, partially on the yankees so you would get free tickets here sure. and there. So we went to a couple of Yankees. I never went to a Mets game. I went to a couple of Yankees games. Um, and I saw guys like Dave Winfield and Don Mattingly. So I'm like, oh, this is kind of exciting. These guys are really good. So I learned the game slowly, but it was all on my own. Like, um, it was just, you know, my dad was, they, my parents were supportive. Like, oh, like whatever you want, but they weren't like. They weren't going to watch it with you. Or right. What? I mean, yeah. they would have was on, but they weren't like, they wouldn't put it on themselves. Yeah, I, see, um, I, see. So, I but, so the first little league team I played for was, um, it was sponsored by Boyd Funeral Home. What? The little these little kids. <laughs> she have a little casket on your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I give myself credit. It's a pretty good joke. I used to make the joke. I said we played like we were dead. That's, <laughs> that's what I said when I was a little that's kid. That's not bad for a we seven year old. Yeah, we went. We went one and nine. We were terrible. Sounds it. You know, I, I think some of those coaches they stack the teams with. You know, when they're little, like, oh, I know that these kids are all good, and then, sure. like the teams that are left with the left behinds, like the new coaches are just left with scraps. And I was a scrap. (laughs) Uh, No scraps in my scrapbook. There was no, I was a a Sopranos line for any hardcore Sopranos fans. But uh, yeah, I was, I was awful. Uh, Terrible, terrible, terrible player. Um, I just didn't know, but it was, it was fun just to be out there. It was fun just to be out. Like I was obviously in the outfield. I didn't know what the fuck, you know, like three balls hits me all year, you know, but I just didn't know how to do anything, you know. Um, And then as time went on, like, you know, you start playing football more with your buddies, you start just doing it more. You get better at it, but uh, yeah. This first couple of years, I didn't know what the fuck I was. I was out there, I was just, and we just, I, and I didn't really get into NFL until until um, I watched the Jets a little bit in New York. I watched more Jets. I was more into the Jets in New Hampshire than I was in in New York. Because, that seems strange. Oh, do you just need a
0: connection to back home? Like, why wouldn't you have been a Patriots fan?
1: The Patriots were terrible. Oh, they
0: were bad. A, yeah,
1: and B, I. My cousin liked the Jets. I just like oh, I just okay. I like the Jets. I'm like, I'm a Jets fan. But like I didn't really have a huge It wasn't until like the Belichick Parcel stuff I really got into the Jets element of it. Yeah. It got fun, you know. But yeah. um But no, we never watched football in my house. Like I'm the first like the first Super Bowl we watched was because I put it on. I see. Like when I was like nine or eight. I'm like, oh I everyone's talking about, I want to watch this. The first World Series watch in my house. Uh, I guess it was 86. My parents watched that because mm. it was Mets and yeah, Red Sox. Yeah. But other than that, like we weren't, we didn't have, it just wasn't us. we weren't a sports house. I see. Um, but uh, it was fun to learn it on my own. This kind of scared me a little bit. I'm like, oh man, I have all these, you know, my poor dad. I'm like I have all these interests. I really love baseball and football and I love um, movies, obviously. And, yep. you know, I, I, I like musical. I have I have things that I like a lot. I'm like, what if my kid hates all this shit? What, what, if, what if I'm like my kid, like, what if my kid likes the stuff my dad liked, which was all like building stuff and like, uh, like farming and hunting, outdoor stuff, like that kind of outdoorsman stuff. That's good. That'll be good for you. It's going to suck. You're going to have to take them out. I, I guess I would but I just I, I remember my dad being frustrated sometimes that I didn't like any of the same stuff he liked I could see
0: yeah I could
1: and see And I am just like oh my god what if I have a kid like my dad and he's not going to like any I like it's going to suck cuz I just just like one
0: of the things I know you want to share stuff with them just like yeah. one of them at well, least one please Well you'll see I mean you'll see from a, an early just don't force it you would see from an early age I'm force you for. it though, don't do it I
1: know I I just if I just No know just me. show them
0: stuff just, I, I, just show I them know, but you have to be gentle it has to be fun though I know cuz if it's not fun if they can I tell you They'll tell. They'll, they'll figure out of course. if they're stressed around it, and then they're not going to want to do it. So you have to be gentle about it. Sorry, right. be- maybe it's best if I don't have kids.
1: I I I, I, I just I, <laughs> I just I just I just I want to have a kid so bad. And, but I, you know, part of it part of the reason I want to have a kid is I want, want to share stuff. Dude, yeah. like I'd love to like let's all let's watch like a bunch of Scorsese movies or let's watch a bunch of you know Spielberg movies, with the kids or whatever. Let's go play baseball. Let's go play basketball let's go watch football like that'd be fun to share like i it must get be getting really older
0: cool. and uh you're not gonna be doing any of that sports i um
1: i can still run around man uh no but it must be so much fun imagine if you were like i just imagine dads that like love sports or yeah. love something and their kid loves it too it must be such a huge win like oh, huge God. win yeah oh, that's awesome i get a buddy now for the rest of my life that likes this shit it's incredible
0: that is a good thing that's yeah, awesome you'll share that for the rest of your life exactly you absolutely will. right Yes. Like
1: all the things I like, like movies and uh, sports stuff, like obviously I won't be able to like, play one-on-one in my seventies, probably. No, but, I, but if I, you know, my kid likes basketball, oh, I, can watch, I can watch basketball whenever or whatever, watch baseball whenever like that would be awesome. So if you're one of those parents that has a kid that loves what you love, consider yourself very you're lucky. lucky. That, that's, that's yeah. a huge W because yeah, my I, dad was not that lucky. Yeah.
0: I'm not into what my parents were into. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, some sports stuff like uh, definitely um, hockey and you know, Red Sox for a while and football for a while we would watch that stuff. There was more, a lot more sports in my house, but that was I was kind of the music one. I mean, my uncle, but I was kind of the one that that liked that stuff. Uh, I mean, my my mom sang, I guess. But yeah, I think, I think, I don't know. I feel like that's pretty common where you're going to rebel from what your parents like.
1: I guess I didn't mean it, it was like, I mean, I was also this really bad at building. shit. my dad was really well, talented. My dad was a great mechanic. I I'm terrible at it. Yeah. Uh, yes. You're going to gravitate to what you're good at too. You are.
0: But also um, your dad was working a shit ton when you were a really young guy. Yeah. So I wonder if, you know, if if he wasn't, maybe you would have done more of that stuff with him.
1: I don't think so. Don't think I mean, so? I, I'm, I I mean, he was working a lot, but I was also an only child for a lot of it. Yeah, so I got true. a lot of the attention and like, we'd just be outside. He'd be like fixing a car. And I remember he'd be like, Come look at how to do this. I'm like, I don't really. I, I like. I'd just be out there hanging out or reading a book, whatever. And he'd be like, Come see how to fix this brake line. I'm like, I don't care. And he'd get mad. He'd be Like, you have to learn how to do this. What are you gonna do one day? I'm like, uh, Pay a mechanic. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, what's the big deal here? <laughs> right. He's like, No, you need it. Like, he was so important for him to know how to do this. It was almost like a sign of like independence or a yeah. sign of like becoming a man that I do this stuff. And I'm like, I just don't. I am terrible. I would try to do stuff. I f- fuck it up. I get frustrated. I'm like, Let me just go do this. Like, think this I enjoy. I love to read this book or. My dad liked to read too, but he even liked to read different books to me. But I just didn't want to, or I want to go, I want to go watch the the Mets or the Yankees game. It's on TV tonight. It's not interested. And he'd be like, let's go, you know, I want to go look at places we can go hunting or fishing. I'm like, I don't
0: care. Yeah. I don't care about the fishing either and the
1: hunting. He liked all that stuff. It's yeah. just like, I don't, I didn't, you know, I'd go out, i go out a couple of hours. And I'd just be miserable. The whole, I mean, I'd go out and hang out with my dad, but like, yeah. It felt like an obligation. It wasn't fun. I could tell he was bummed out. I wasn't liking it. Yeah. It just sucks. Yeah, you know, but there's nothing you can do. I mean, I give him. You know, he was trying. He he. Everything that he had interest in, he would like. You know, he'd have Try me go. On. It, yeah. like he loved watching horror movies, so I went to a lot of the horror movies with him growing up, and I, I like that because it's fun when you're seven or eight. I don't know yeah. if I like it when I'm forty, but. I don't you know if he likes some of those movies. So like, oh, I go do that. Just, but you know, so we definitely had some stuff we shared. I'm but. afraid
0: that the uh, entertainment that your kid's going to like is not going to be anything like what you like. Ah, geez, I'm sure it's, you're right. All this YouTube worse.
1: nonsense and everything YouTube sucks, by the way. Oh God, <laughs> I'm going gonna, <it's> to gonna the <sighs>
0: commercials. Dude, I don't want to pay them. I don't want to give Google my money. I don't want to pay them. But then I through fucking commercial. Oh, I'm no, just
1: paying the money. Then oh, it's made, what, It's remember, it goes uh, back to my theory. Whatever makes life easier. If the commercials bother you, just pay them. If it's, you can fix a problem with money, it's not really a problem. I want to pay Google. I just don't want to pay them. Who cares? Why? I don't want to pay them. They have
0: enough because they've got my information. They have all my information. They sell my information. Well, they make right, so much right, money. Too. Just like you have another it 15 bucks up. a month? I don't want to do that. Do you pay? You don't pay them, but you don't, I don't watch, watch YouTube. I just have I, to. For I, the, I, I do
1: for the music stuff. I don't like, um, I don't like watching things on my computer. Like I, I like watching oh, really? it on a big TV screen. Yeah. Like yeah. I. Like on my computer, I lose my mind. I'll watch a little, like, two minute videos on my phone, maybe, but like the idea of watching a movie on my phone it just seems like insane to me. I would never do that. In
0: bed, I will sometimes. Oh. You don't like it? Never. Not, not for a second. Because I like to get cozy and then uh, watch Oh, I'll get
1: cozy on my couch and watch it. Yeah. But I would never, like, watch It's just too small. I just feels like, uh, it feels like I'd rather just watch it on a good screen. I get that. Um, yeah, I don't like I I'm sure, no, you're right. I'm sure you're right. I'm sure that my kid's going to be into, like, oh, look at the crazy thing on youtube whatever or whatever is, and i'll be like this man. is fucking nonsense Sucks. this is garbage it's, it's trash we like is trash is <laughs> like trash yeah this kid is trash this kid is trash, <laughs> kid is trash. you're trash you're an idiot <laughs> oh, why do you like all the stupid shit what's wrong uh, with
0: you? poor kid i know uh, yeah.
1: i don't know probably best to not spawn i don't know maybe we'll have a kid and they'll end up loving movies and i'll we'll be like see. fuck you carano <laughs> 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 you're wrong you suck fuck you i'll be cool if we hate you you know <laughs> makes that would never kid. happen. <laughs> it would never happen. I'm such a really nice guy. funny if he's like, Uncle oh, Matt, yeah. I'd be so
0: good to that kid. I'll
1: so, call so you nice Mr. Guy. Carano. No. Or Mr. Fuckface. No, be, <laughs> if your kid calls me up, I will take <laughs> well, him off my thing. This kid's <laughs> awesome. <It's> awesome. <laughs> That'd be
0: a great kid. Don't you make them do that.
1: <laughs> oh, if you forget headlines again, I'll, 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 fi- I'll hire kids to come and yell at Let's you. Let's just
0: put it in Slack. So that way I'll always oh, know. God, it'll, it, just remember. It'll flag me. It's so frustrating ha- people can't remember things. It's I have so re- frustrating. Uh, I have to remember a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I mean, or you could just help a brother out. And that way it's just in Slack and then we know. I'm sorry. I, I know this is my out. fault.
1: My kids. I, I, I know my it's
0: kid. my fault, but like, you know, help, 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 help me. One of us has a job. One of us has a job. That it one of us has a memory yeah I. You, rem- you think the
1: two would be the same but it's not i remember some things <laughs> anything else uh no i guess we're, we're back on sunday with headlines and uh, uh who framed our Rabbit, which is yeah, a, yeah. legitimately big, and then uh, a yeah. cheap trick which is a, so a couple uh bigger things uh, on a patreon show and then we um back to then, 1980 oh my god well, for the back, first time First time, time wait, yeah yeah the shining i mean i i i am just you're I mean, right. There's so much to talk about. I mean, they made documentaries about how much started we talk about. I'm curious to hear the, the critical takes that we bring to the table here on this one.
0: We're gonna find out. Um, I haven't seen that in forever too. Oh really? Forever I haven't seen The Shining. Ooh. These are all, you know, a lot of these are, that we saw when we were young. Yeah. I would see them a few times. And then it's like I you know, I don't I don't like to repeat movies that much. The Shining, though, is I know, I know, but is, So I but I did see it. I probably and I read mm, the book and I mm, was a huge yeah. Stephen Gig fan. Yeah, 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 I yeah, yeah. read everything up to I don't know, like 1998 or 2000 or something, everything. You so read 30, 12, 22, 63? No, and I think you told me I need to. Oh, you, you I, I'm, I'm sorry, 11, uh,
1: 63, 63. Yeah,
0: I, first, I just, I stopped in oh, college. I was like, okay, I've done
1: all of that. And then I went to Vonnegut no, and then I went to Irving. No. And then I just, I moved off of- uh, no, You got to read that book, man. I should go back. So yeah, no. it's, that book in particular is- Is it a Who series as well? I mean, I like reading.
0: I, no, I, I'd like to read it. I should uh, read
1: it. The Who series, I saw a couple episodes. I just tapped out because I'm like, I know- yeah, I, you I know get everything. Bored. Yeah, uh, but I'm like, but it's pretty well done. But the book itself, though, I mean, it's one of my top five. It's I love that He's book. He's a great writer, so, so much. But that book is his. The stand is probably my favorite. Yeah.
0: But it for me, but then the stand is second. okay.
1: I mean, I've loved a
0: lot of his books. I love. I think they're they're. You got to read that one. Oh, I, I
1: can't. I I and if you haven't read that, uh, we're talking about eleven twenty two sixty three. It's a time travel book about uh, the Kennedy assassination. But it is so well done. I just I love the world he creates. It's so good. I've reread good. it. It's, it's like a thousand pages. I've reread it a couple of times. It's yeah, so good. I gotta get it. Um, that's a great one. So yeah, 1980, we're doing The Shining. Uh, and then we have, um, and then we're doing The Booze Brother. Like we have a lot of big movies coming up. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a
0: stretch. Yeah. See you then.